Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, I'm dude? I'm trying to teach you something today. All right. What's up? Says this, is, this ain't like the Googles. You know what I'm saying? This ain't like you look it up. I'm going to teach you something about John DeLorean today. Okay. Because before, all you knew about John DeLorean was DeLoreans. Well, and GTOs. And GTOs. I didn't know that. All right. Well, you know, he was talking about John DeLorean when he got out of school. He went and sold insurance and did this to hone his sales and communication skills. Well, DeLorean went to work for Chrysler. He was just kind of entry level at Chrysler in the designing engineering department. Uh, he worked there for less than a year, and he went to work for Packard Motor Company. Right, right, He was right. making $14,000 a year in 1950. That's not good. Actually, that's really good in 1950. That's more than a lot of people make in 2017 still, but you know what I'm saying. Right. right. Well, it's good money for that guy, you know. And um, he quickly gained the attention of his new employer when he actually improved on something they were making. They uh, Packard was really well known for having the Ultramatic automatic transmission. That sounds like a dishwasher. Yeah, is that the little uh, turn-down switch? Uh... No. It's just a smooth shifting automatic transmission. And uh. Packard, that was their thing. Well, he improved it with an improved torque converter. And dual drive ranges. Now, this launched a whole new transmission, and they named it the Twin Ultramatic Transmission. And, I mean, so basically he improved something that they thought was perfect already. Right, right. Um, so he got a lot of recognition for that. And keep in mind, this guy's young at this point. He's in his 20s still. Um, another thing you got to think about, uh, Packard was experiencing a lot of financial difficulties. You know, Packard was kind of that odd car. You know, it wasn't a Cadillac. It was this high-end car. They were that, actually really nice cars. Oh, no, they're extremely nice, but too nice. you got to think about it. I mean, this is this is recession time. I mean, you know, people weren't spending these monies, and, and these lower-end cars were selling, but not many people, as many people were buying high-end cars. Right. Um, Packard was in trouble, so they teamed up with Studebaker. We've actually talked about that before on this show. Yep. In 1954, um, well, John DeLorean almost went to South Bend, Indiana, to work for Studebaker, designing for them. In 1954, but he got a phone call. That phone call changed his life forever. He received a call from Oliver Kelly. He's the vice president of engineering for General Motors at the time. Right. Um, DeLorean always admired this guy. He was very well known in Detroit for what he did. Uh, he offered DeLorean a choice of five jobs at GM. And uh, in 1956, DeLorean accepted a $16,000 a year job offer with a bonus program working at GM's Pontiac Division. And basically, he was the assistant to the chief engineer, Pete Estes, at the time. And, uh, you know, keep on, this is, this is 1956. Um, while at Pontiac, his most notable contribution, of course, was the Pontiac GTO. Right. But this was in 1964, 63, when this was cars being designed. So he was there for a few years, you know, just kind of learning the ropes, you know, working his way through the system. Um, you know, of course, you know what GTO stands for. Yeah, it's a, a grand, oh, snap, a grand 
Is it Gran Turismo Overdrive or Overdrive? Yeah, I, really, I don't. They, they didn't even have Overdrive. Yeah. See, I can't. I, I can't. I I know it. I just can't think of it. I'm gonna look out too. There we go. Ding ding ding. Gran Turismo Omlegato. and uh, basically he gave a Pontiac a Ferrari name. Yeah, that's stupid. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It actually it worked out really well. This car evolved because of the eternal ban on racing in 1963. The GM just pulled herself out of everything drag racing, so they decided to take all their Pontiac division and pull their racing ideas to the street and build this first muscle car. So technically, that made him the daddy of the muscle car. And then when the Malibu S's came out, that became their daddy. But you know what I'm saying? Yes. So well, with the GTO. No, but anyhow. So yes. in 1964, the GTO was an optioned out, up badge, murdered up Le Mans, technically. Um, this was when Pontiac really stepped out of the shadow of Chevrolet in the performance category. Chevrolet was the top dog. You, you just didn't beat them. Now they built a car that was actually was running with the Chevrolet cars. The were receiving almost total credit for the success of the first muscle car and becoming the golden boy for Pontiac after this. I mean, you got to keep in mind how good the GTO sold. GTO started a market for a car that that was never even there to begin with. Right. And now you're bringing these buyers to these cars and GTO was a very popular car in the 60s. And all the way, I mean into I mean into 72 they were still hot. Um at the age of 40, he had broken the record for the youngest division head at General Motors by, by the age of 40. So that that was something that's still a record that hasn't been beat yet. Uh in 1972, DeLorean was appointed vice president of the car and truck production for the entire General Motors lineup. So for he was over every division. And in 1973, he left General Motors. Mm-mm-mm. Now you're telling me, you're sitting there top dog, and now you're going to quit. Hey, man, when, when the inspiration calls you, you must go. That's a gangster move, though. You know what I'm saying. You're at the top. I'd ride that thing on out just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, at that point, you got to think, Jim's probably not going anywhere. Give me one of them gold watches. You know what I'm saying. Corner office, pretty secretary, one of them jobs. Nip. He says, I'm out. You know, I've done that. I've been made manager of places and then decided to leave. Yeah, but the Pizza Hut don't count. (laughs) I never worked at the Pizza Hut. Thank you very much. Pizza Inn. Get it right. Never worked there either. I never made a pizza a day in my life. Well, except for DiGiorno, and I make them like all the time. But that don't that don't count. That's totally different. They're not delivery. You made a few too. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. If I make them, I made them. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> uh, it's a package deal. That's what I'm saying. The uh, the funniest thing ever, though. You ever seen those YouTube commercials? I know I'm getting off right off track, but it's hilarious. You seen those YouTube videos of the guy that seen the big delivery truck that had DiGiorno on the side of it? Yeah. And he says, "You're lying. That is delivery." <laughs> All right. But anyway, like I said, 1973. John Lawrence says, "You know what? I'm out." Thanks for the good years. I'm Peace. done. To form his own car company. He came out with a prototype a couple years later of a two-seater sports car shown in the mid-'70s called the DSV, or better known as the DeLorean Safety Vehicle. This is the car that would actually enter production and be called the DMC-12, the DeLorean we all know today. Right, right. Um. The car's body structure was a composite plastic fiberglass material and kind of puts you in mind of the Fiero a little bit. Yeah. With a, you know, kind of like a, a body with panels, all interchangeable panels on it, quarter panels, everything unbolted off the car. And the thing you got to think about, this was in the 70s he was talking about doing this. There's cars today that are doing that now. Yep. So this car was really ahead of its time in a lot of ways. 
Um, and it had the stainless cladding on it, though. You know, and that's what made it. I mean, it only came. It didn't come in a color. It was only stainless steel. Um, it featured gullwing doors. It was powered by a PRV engine. Do you know what a PRV engine is? I do not know what a PRV engine is. I know what they're later, later powered by, but I do not know what a PRV engine is. Peugeot, Renault, and Volvo. Sad to not know that. All teamed up together, and they built the V6 engine for the DMC-12 DeLorean. The plant for the cars was in Dunmurry, Dunmurry, Ireland. This is a Lotus-designed car, so let me get this straight. It's powered by the Swedes. It is built by the Irish and designed by the Europeans. Sounds like a good combination. And sold in the U.S. Sounds like a great combination to me. I'm telling you, it's crazy. And the big thing about them moving to Ireland, you got to think about Ireland. I mean, Northern Ireland was like, you know, in all kinds of financial troubles. And they gave him like $8 million to build a plant in Ireland to build these things. And the wages were so low there. They were just so happy to have somebody that were actually making something and hiring people. He hired 2,000 people at his plant. How many DeLoreans do you think they built? Well, I would say it'd be a lower production number. Like, are you talking about in total or first total. year? Total. Three years. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere in the neighborhood of like 3,600. More than that. Good many more than that. And I tell you what, 3,600, you know, I don't want to let you hang on that one just a little bit. But production delays, now keep in mind, this was in 1980. But production delays, the cars didn't reach the U.S. market till January of 1981. And the first car didn't See, sell till and, and, Easter of that year. And that's something I actually didn't know. I didn't know DeLoreans were not originally sold in the U.S. No, I mean, they were, they're not made in the U.S. I, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, they I were made they were, in Ireland. I thought they were actually made here. No, no. Nearly a decade after the company was started, the first cars actually rolled onto U.S. soil. That's amazing. See, I actually I did not know that. That's insane. It, it actually is. I mean, you imagine having a company and not producing anything that makes money for 10 years. <laughs> well, speaking of making money, let's take some commercial breaks, shall we? I tell you what, I think that's a real good idea, guys. I tell you what, stick around. We're talking about John DeLorean on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Son, wake up. It's like story time. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm looking for something on the interwebs. You're looking for something on the interwebs? I am. I saw, I'm not going to lie, I saw a Winnebago earlier with no windows, and it's very interesting. You're, so you're telling me, I'm talking about American history right here. Yes. And you're telling me about a picture you saw on the internet of a busted up Winnebago with no it was, windows. It was in nice. It. That's the scarier part. It was a nice Winnebago with no windows, and I've seen it on the Facebooks, and I'm trying to find it again. You it, really worry me at times. Well, you know you know what worries me is Winnebago with no windows. You are pushing me past <laughs> the limits of my meds right now. I'm so, the one on meds, not you. All right, carry on. So anyway, long story short, you know, these cars, I mean, so many production delays. And keep in mind, I mean, they were having, like, war in Northern Ireland. I mean, like, bombs exploding while they're building these cars. Tons of setbacks, production problems, things of that nature. They finally got the cars here. The first car sold Easter of 1981. All right. So, compounded with a recession of 1980 that started and lukewarm reviews of the DeLorean Motor Cars 12, considering its lack of horsepower, quirky looks, sales dropped really fast. The car, like, it took off like a bottle rocket and just went, went out. Um, it was kind of funny. They actually built 9,200 units. 9,200 units. 9,200, of which 7,000 never sold. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's a flop. But but comparable models like the Corvette with its more powerful V8 and lower price tag sold in record numbers in 80 and 81 despite the ongoing recession. By February of 1982, roughly 7,000 of the 9,000 DMC-12s produced remained unsold. And now everybody wants to get their hands on one of these 80s icons. Well, well, they are. I mean, you got to think about 7,000 is not a lot of something. No, it's not. You know, I mean... I mean that's it's, it's insane though that I mean that that many was left over. Yeah, but uh, they remain unsold. Well, in October 1982, John DeLorean was arrested for cocaine trafficking following a videotaped sting operation filmed at a hotel in Los Angeles, right near well, LAX airport. Well, may I say that escalated quickly? Yeah, really. And what he was doing, <laughs> and this is the thing that's crazy, uh, is it? It yeah. was they, they. What actually got him turned on is he was talking to his neighbor. And he, he was talking to his neighbor about drug trafficking and making some money to help support DeLorean motorcars. Because, you know, when your uh, dreams of grandeur are going down the drain, if you will, drug tra- trafficking always seems like a fair out. Well, this and is... When, when you're making cars, I mean, what better way to traffic them? But you're, you're talking to your neighbor, and his neighbor is a career criminal who is in the drug trade, which is really crazy and shady. So... I mean, can you imagine this neighborhood? Like, can you imagine like the HOA meeting? <laughs> you got like, you got like, you know, like you a cartel me. looking dude, and, and then you, you got John Delorean. You got the father of the muscle car. And I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, does Richard Simmons live in this neighborhood too? I mean, it's just like extremes of everything. Well, anyway, he got arrested, followed a videotape sting operation at a hotel in Los Angeles. Yeah, imagine that though. <laughs> Go back to that. You got one guy putting drugs in a gas tank, one guy filling up gas tanks with fuel, and then the other guy's got a little sugar in his tank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good point. That's actually a good one. All right. So, you know, they got videotaped. And then keep in mind, this is in 1982. I wonder what, like, the secret cameras looked like in 1982. Yeah. I, I know how big a camcorder looked like in nineteen in the early 80s. Yeah, when you put a full uh, VHS tape inside <laughs> of your camcorder, you know, I doubt... That's it's... not going to fit on the end of a pen. <laughs> no. All right. Well, like I said, the uh, they, this was a film in a Los Angeles hotel, and you can actually look it up on YouTube and watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. Bell bottom, shag carpet... And fifty nine pounds of cocaine in a suitcase. If a pair of aviator sunglasses weren't involved in this transaction, do you realize how much blow that is? I mean, that's fifty (laughs) nine pounds of booger sugar. Fifty nine pounds in nineteen eighty two money. That's six point five million dollars. I don't even know what that translates in today's money, but that's a lot. That's like fifty nine pounds is like a common eight year old or something. Yeah, exactly. That's not. It's not you know not like five pounds or not five ounces. Like fifty nine pounds. That's an eight year old of cocaine. Most people are like, hey, that's man. a that's a baby bear of cocaine. Most people are like, hey, can I get an eight ball? This little guy's like, no, can I get eighteen or eight year old worth of cocaine? That's a keg of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, do you realize fifty nine pounds? Of Colombian Bam Bam in a hotel in Los Angeles with John DeLorean in the room. You know, you know what? Maybe he, he maybe he didn't like cocaine. Maybe he just liked the way it smelled. I don't think he I don't think he was doing the cocaine. He wasn't getting high on his supply. He was just wanting to move it. Oh, okay. You know, that was his sales skills coming in, you know? All right. So uh So what year what, what, what year was this? Nineteen eighty two. I'm thinking this is a little Pablo Escobar cocaine here. 
Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't. I'm just trying to get a whole Narcos feel I, happening here. I don't know about any of where the cocaine came from or any of that oh. stuff. You got to Google that. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, the FBI agents agreed to bankroll his smuggling operation because it was all secret sniff sniff stuff. <laughs> no pun intended. And uh, the FBI set him up with 59 pounds of cocaine, which is insane. And it's all in the video. I mean, can we not get even 60? Those is really bothering me. Yeah, really. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, fifty-nine pounds of cocaine, which were at the time six point five million dollars. The government was tipped off about Lauren by his neighbor. So I would punch so, that guy in the mouth. The career criminal tipped off. Well, he the got cops. Yeah, see. This is the thing. He was a career criminal, but he was a turned informant <laughs> to get a lesser charge for when he got caught. Ah, uh, the irony. <laughs> well, DeLorean's lawyers jumped on board. You know, they claimed entrapment. And that he was set up. And, I mean, you got to understand that. I can I see mean, that. If a man invited me into a cheesy hotel room and he had 59 pounds of blow there, you know, I mean, and he said, hey, can you help me sell this? I'm going to give you a cut. Like I may hear the man out, yeah, you know? You know, on one hand, you're kind of scared to say no in fear of shanking. Yeah, exactly. If a man's got 59 pounds of coke, he's probably got a gun, too. I'm just yeah. going to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm feeling like there could be potential threat for me saying no. Yeah, I mean, and you, me having seeds you, said blow. You don't tell that man no. Yeah, I'm like you don't tell the sugar man no. All aboard, <laughs> but oh, uh, Mister Dixie Crystal himself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sugar, sugar. So uh, oh, his sugar. lawyers, his lawyers claimed entrapment. He was set up, and his lack of criminal history. This man has never even got a speeding ticket in his life. <laughs> and then gets caught with 59 pounds of cocaine. Well, no, this man made light bulbs and became an engineer. I mean, he's a good dude. Yeah, so uh, with his lack of criminal history, uh, there's some other funny things about him we're going to throw in here in just a little bit. He didn't break any laws, but he didn't live the straight and narrow either. Uh-oh. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, but he was found not guilty in August of 1984. <laughs> good attorney. Good, good legal counsel, guys. I tell you what. I speak- tell you what. If the glove don't fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. Speaking of good information, yes. You tell you some real good information. Well, you tell me some good information. You always do what your producer tells you to do, and when your producer tells you it's time to stop and have a commercial, I don't want to take commercial breaks. Guess what? You're taking a commercial break. No, not break gonna time. Not gonna do it. Break time. Not gonna do it. It's yeah. No, nope. yes. no. We're talking about the John DeLorean. No, no. We're gonna take a break. Okay, fine. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and we're talking about John DeLorean. <laughs> right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's up, dude? So, all right. <laughs> all right, so we're getting our education on That's John right. DeLorean and Columbian Bam Bam all at the same time. Exactly. And we're talking about the GTO and going through the ranks and working through General Motors. I mean, so much stuff we've covered. And I'm not even hit on some of the funner details of this story yet. I'm telling you, uh, selling 59 pounds worth of uh, booger sugar is pretty fun. Well, I mean, I imagine so. But keep in mind, now, this guy, he, he, he got off on this. He, did, he was acquitted, so he was not guilty of anything. So it's like he never is like Surpro, like it never happened. Yeah, actually, that's not the case though. Oh, you got to think about it. news stories. Even the media back in back in the day, <laughs> they were still out and about. It's hot, hard to mop away all that evil. Exactly. You know, DMC had already collapsed. DeLorean Motorcars was no more by the time you know he was acquitted of this. They already went bankrupt. But his reputation as a businessman, engineer. Wiped away. I mean, it's crazy what a little bit of cocaine will do to your yeah. reputation. 
You know, I've always heard that. I've always heard that. You know, that's what's kept me away from it all these years. Yeah, mom and daddy taught me right. They said, said, son, you might be a good artist. You might be good on radio. You might be a good, you know, sticker man. But a little cocaine will take all that away. I tell you, what was really crazy is he was asked directly after the trial. They said, will you return to the automotive industry? He hatefully said, would you buy a used car from a guy like me? That's kind of like... I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of used car salesmen that done a lot worse than he did. That's kind of like asking O.J. Simpson, would you buy another white Bronco? <laughs> or, hey, would you sign me up for your football team? <laughs> but you see what I'm saying, though. Would you Would you let your kid play catch with me? <laughs> no. Shoot. I no. Love, I love the juice. Would you, <laughs> would you let I don't your... know if I'd want him hanging out with my sister, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> would, you, would you let your daughter date me? I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. No. No, sir. No, 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 no. All right, so uh, so obviously he's not getting back at the car game. So what's next? Uh, well, you know what? Keep in mind this is the mid '80s, and uh, in the years before his death, he actually died in 2005. It was actually depressing. Actually, he really didn't hit a lot on a lot of anything. He uh, pulled a patent for a monorail system that he was designing. You know, so like the yeah. you know, the trains in the air. He uh, never took off. That went flat. Then he got into collector watches, <laughs> and it went flat. Yeah, it was, it was, you know. And uh, he was trying to sell the name. You know what I'm saying. And then John DeLorean got this big... So, so you can still to this day find a DeLorean watch? Actually, they never produced one. Well, that's, the watches that's, were going to be $3,500 a piece. That's a good business uh, model. Never yeah, I wonder if they were made out of stainless steel. Interesting. <laughs> made out of old DeLorean parts. <laughs> um. The uh, but I mean it's kind of a sad story. I mean like this man just like threw his life away, basically like one move, you know, one shady hotel in L.A. and it ruined him for life. You know I think that's just a bad rap, man. Let me like you see people doing way worse and coming out ahead, and this man just tries to get rid of a little booger sugar, and all of a sudden he's a bad guy forever. Well, it's not. That wasn't the smartest move. Wasn't the no, most well, ethical move. Well, no, it's not. But I mean, I mean, like one hiccup. I mean, it's a big hiccup. That was a pretty big hiccup. That was, that was a pretty I big mean, hiccup. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, that right there was that was a belch. I mean, that was that was a good one. But I, I mean, okay, it's like you got a perfect driving record, and one day you get a pretty bad speeding ticket. It doesn't make you like a horrible driver. It's just like, yeah. yeah, this is a little more than a speed. It, it's escalated I mean, it, from that, but at the same Escalated is not the word. <laughs> Next level is more like it. But, I mean, you follow the same analogy. This man wasn't tearing the tag off a mattress. <laughs> That's a federal crime. You don't play around with that. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess around with 59 pounds of Coke either. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, long story short, um, he got this big media bustle started. You know, he's trying to get all this hype started. The DeLorean Motor Cars was coming back with the DMC2. Mm. Well, that's original. <laughs> and uh, keep in mind, he still had 6,600 of the DMC1s, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, the DMC2, actually, do you know that all the leftover inventory, there was 2,200 cars left at the plant when it closed, that the British government seized all those? I can imagine. That's I wonder crazy. what ever happened to them. Hmm. Hmm, probably got turned into Timex watches. <laughs> but, uh, and those those motors. There's actually several. There's so funny things if you Google DeLoreans. In Charleston, South Carolina, at the LKQ, right now, there's a DeLorean in the junkyard. Really? In the LKQ. Complete. <laughs> we should go get it. 
I mean, like, I mean, I don't think LKQ would even sell you the whole car, but it's so bad. I mean, it's so sad to see it sitting there in the middle yeah. of a junkyard, in between like a Buick Regal and like a Caprice. Actually, I think in the picture. That's funny. Uh, well, actually, like you said, it's, it's sad. sad. I mean, it's just like it's like Marty McFly, no more. That's what happened. That's what happened to the time machine. They sold it for scrap. Man, that's another thing. Why would you junk that? I would. You think you would scrap it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but uh, you know, that was a crazy thing. Like I said, the DeLorean two didn't come back either. I mean, that totally flopped. And now there's a company in Texas that bought the rights to the name. Yeah, I know about that. And they're actually reproducing these cars. They had so many spare parts that they actually stocked themselves up, and now they're reproducing DeLorean parts. And they're doing LS swaps on them. They're doing all these crazy twin-turbo conversions on DeLoreans and all this stuff. And there's really kind of a buzz in Texas on these cars. And it's DeLorean motor cars is what they call it. Um, one of the owners actually talked to John DeLorean once a month starting this company, getting ideas from him, and hitting all the insides on the DeLorean. Right. Um, these guys are just mega fans. And, uh, I mean, just, it's crazy. I mean, these cars are like the cult following, but they really didn't pick up steam till Back to the Future. And, of course, everybody's seen the Back to the Future trilogy. I mean, they're some of the best movies around. You know, I mean, Zemeckis and Bob Gale, they killed it with this movie. And, I mean, you know, the DeLorean was just like the perfect time machine. You know, they were originally going to make the time machine out of a refrigerator. And Bob Gale was scared that kids would lock themselves in refrigerators. So they scrapped it and put him in a DeLorean instead. Actually, Ford Motor Company offered them $75,000 to put make a Mustang the time machine. You know what Bob Gale said? What's that? Doc, Doc Brown does not drive a, bad word, Insert bad Mustang. Word. He was that serious about it. He turned out seventy five k to use a DeLorean in Back to the Future. So that's 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 dedication right there. Um, well, you know, off subject, but another fun fact about the DeLorean that I uh, actually recall remembering is the body. You know, of course, we know it's made from stainless steel, but it's actually a food grade stainless steel. And it's high grade. Yeah, and in the owner's manual of a DeLorean. They actually recommended cleaning the car with Scotch Brite and gasoline. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's the only car that you can clean with a Brillo pad. Yeah, yeah, and like the, your kitchen pots and pans. Just rub the same way as the crane. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know, there's a couple of really cool facts. Like I said, he passed away in 2005 at the age of 80. Um, you know, he went through personal bankruptcy in 1999. You know, he had over 40 different companies suing him in 1999. Still from the Delorean. In the, in the early 80s. Well, he had a 200-acre estate in New Jersey. And you'll never guess who bought that. Who's that? Our president, Donald J. Trump, in really? 1999, bought his estate. Uh, still owns it to this day. Uh, you know, originally, you know, they called the uh, DeLorean DMC-12 the DSV. And, of course, the DeLorean safety vehicle. This car has one of the worst crash test ratings to date. To this day, is one of the worst cars in the crash test. <laughs> These things, and the videos are on YouTube of this too. These things hit like a wall made of paper cups, and they roll up. <laughs> yeah, because it has stainless steel panels, but they're mounted to plastic. Yeah, I'm probably guessing. I mean, it's like stainless steel over the top of paper mache. Is pro- I'm, I'm assuming that's to counteract the weight of the stainless steel body. Exactly. Um, 
1985, when they used the DeLorean Back to the Future, John DeLorean wrote Bob Gale a letter thanking him for idolizing his pride and joy, the DeLorean DMC-12. And he did. He did. He absolutely idolized it. He did. And, I mean, he made that car a million times more than what John DeLorean ever did. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knows that car from that movie. And the thing was, when the movie came out, the cars were already dead. I mean, they were they quit making them. Do you know there was another company that tried to make those cars big? Really? Yes, there was. And a not-so-successful campaign with American Express, there was a couple, uh, four to be exact, 24-karat gold-plated cars uh, made. They're all DeLoreans, of course. Um, they're all in museums today, actually. Well, the third was eventually made from uh, spare parts from the first two. Uh for a private businessman, but yeah, all four of them still exist to this day in museums. 24 karat plated DeLoreans. 24 gold. So it's like a cheap watch. <laughs> yes. What he eventually tried to make. That's how ironic. I mean, it's so funny. You know, I mean, just when I look at those cars, I see a Timex. I mean, it's just the first thing that pops in my mind, like a calculator watch. <laughs> like, I mean, I wonder if they sent you one in the mail. And then he, then he started making watches. Yeah. Which is absolutely hilarious. You know, another interesting fact before we cut to commercials, they were almost produced in Puerto Rico? Well, yes, they were. They were almost produced in Puerto Rico, but Northern Ireland offered him like a ton of cash just to come there. Speaking of a ton of cash, let's take some commercial breaks and hopefully make some. Oh, that's right. We need all the help we can get here. Guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? I'll tell you what, we got a great conversation. We're talking about John DeLorean, the father of the muscle car. Yeah. And the father of a okay. car that looks like it was made out of old razor blades. <laughs> all right, speaking of that car that looked like it was made out of old razor blades, you're talking about the Texan company that bought up all the, the tooling and all that um, in hopes to remake the DeLorean. Did you know there was one piece of the DeLorean tooling that they did not get? What was that? That was the molds to the doors. Really? Really. Now, in fact, they were loaded up on a boat and dropped off in the ocean in Northern Ireland near the coast. <laughs> they serve as anchors for very large nets as part of a fish farm. That's insane. For decades, it was thought to be an urban legend, but in 2000, photo photographic evidence turned up. So the molds to the DeLorean doors are anchors for a fish farm. And these cars, you know, John DeLorean got a lot of flack on these cars because they used a lot of components from other manufacturers. You know, the, the you know the Peugeot Renault Volvo engine. It had Ford brakes on it. You know, it had interior pieces from BMW. Yeah. Um, if you ever notice the dash, like even in Back to the Future. Well, it was actually slightly modeled after a BMW. Yeah. Well, like the, the gauges, you can tell those are BMW gauges in the car. It's like the tail lights in it. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were. I think I actually think the taillights in the car was Z car taillights, which is really crazy. But I mean, this thing used parts and pieces from everything. But you know, a lot of manufacturers well, do. You know, this. it's like we talked earlier in the show about the studs. I mean, this is not uncommon by no, no means. No, not at all. But it got a lot of flack for that. You know, he designed it. Yes. Um, and I think it kind of proved that John Lauren was a better salesman, maybe than a car designer. Yeah, and you know, you know, the reason the car was called a DMC twelve as well. Right. What was that? $12,000 was the price tag of Originally, the car. yeah. Yes. Well, that actually flew out the window, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you don't sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, This car was way overpriced. Keep in mind, you know, the DeLorean DMC-12 only had 130 horsepower. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. And it was heavy, too. Very heavy. 
Oh, I, I mean, a car mounted stainless well, steel, well, you can well, only the, imagine. Well, the doors were so heavy on the car that they actually had to have the struts, the gas struts, you know, like the ones with razor hood and all that stuff. Right. They actually had to have them specially made for this car yeah, because they were, the doors were so heavy. They were engineered by uh, by a, a naval, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, by the Navy. If I'm not mistaken, I, I can't remember that one, but they were. They were over-engineered door struts. I mean, they're... Yeah, because know, the doors were so heavy. And the thing is, if those went out, you couldn't raise the doors. No. <laughs> Could you imagine one of them going doors coming down on your leg? Oh, God. Yeah. Lawsuit yeah, to really. a company that, that no don't longer exists. exists. But, <laughs> but, I mean, these were. They were very interesting cars and... and a true piece of history now. Oh, yeah. They're a true piece of history. And they're actually very collectible. And you actually well, see them. Oh, I mean, John DeLorean himself is a true piece of history. but Oh, yeah. He's a piece of something, all right. <laughs> piece of work. Piece yeah. of, you know, whatever. You know, something. Other adjectives. And stuff. Things like that. <laughs> Maybe a few nouns, you know. <laughs> but, you know, this is the thing that's crazy about John DeLorean. I'll tell you some other crazy things. You know, they actually had some private investors. Really? Yes. And this really intrigued me. So who lost their money? Johnny Carson. <laughs> well, he had plenty to go around. I mean, John, Mr. You know, Mr. Late Show, Mr. Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, and Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Sammy okay. Davis Jr. Saying that, which I'm sure his the candy feel, man himself. I'm sure his feelings are hurt after uh, taking a. Well, Sammy can't feel a thing right now. Johnny can't either, actually. <laughs> I'm sure his feelings. They ain't talking. No, I'm sure his feelings were hurt after taking a major loss on this investment, but that that kind of makes you wonder why uh, Delorean didn't pop its head up and cannonball run. Very true. Very true. Very true. You know, didn't want no didn't want no part of that. Yeah, I mean, him and the uh, what's the other guy? I cannot think of his name. Played the priest. Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Thank you. Uh, why wasn't Dean Martin and him rolling around in a DeLorean instead of a Ferrari? Well, I'll tell you something else is wild about a DeLorean. You know, the doors are so heavy that they couldn't put regular full-size window regulars in them. That's the reason they had slide, little window slides in them yeah. to keep weight down. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? How about putting a little more horsepower in that thing? I mean, <laughs> if you went any worse than Peugeot, Renault, and Volvo, any of the three of those are bad in the words of in terms of performance or reliability. Yeah, 130 horsepower I mean, inside of a Sherman I, tank that's shaped like a doorstop. I mean, that's this is really my not thing. good. I would feel better about it if it was powered by Briggs and Stratton. Oh, oh, this reminds me, of, and I hate to get off topic here, but this reminds me of another interesting DeLorean fact. Do you know the irony in having to reach 88 miles an hour and back to the future? Yeah. The car and the car wouldn't even reach eighty eight mile an hour. That's right. It had a top speed of eighty five miles an, an hour. hour. That's insane. And this was a sports car. Now keep in mind now the early eighties was really, really the armpit of performance. But we were breaking up we were getting the triple digits anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not near a Sherman tank of a DeLorean, you weren't. No, but... no, you weren't. Yeah, I hope it had some good brakes on that thing, because if you ever got it up to eighty five <laughs> mile an hour. Which might have been part of the reason why it crumpled so well. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, so, so Johnny Carson and Sammy Davis Jr. as investors—that's that's actually an interesting combo in and of itself. Well, you know, they were talking about that, and I tell you something else is very interesting. He was married four times. God, are you following in his footsteps there, Mister Pitts? Easy. I mean, are, is the boo thing going to come out in a new all metal uh, look? All stainless steel. All stainless Sixty-five st- Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> I got way more than one hundred thirty horsepower though. <laughs> but, but this is the thing that's crazy about that. He was actually. 
This guy was a character. He was a card. I mean, he wasn't just a car engineer. He wasn't just that dork that stayed in his office and drew cars. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. You know, you host radio shows, do cool stuff, you know. <laughs> but but this is the thing about it that's cool was he was like the rock star of GM. Like he went to all these parties and stuff and like he dated actresses. He was married to Mark Harmon's sister, the actor. Oh, so uh what you call it from Star Wars? Katie, no. no, she was Mark Hamlin. Yeah, yeah wrong, wrong Mark. Wrong Mark. Not Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Wrong Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Totally wrong Mark. <laughs> Missed the Mark. <laughs> yeah. Missed the Mark on that Mark. Totally. But I mean, so but but a lot of people looked down on him at GM because he was like Mr. Cool. You know, he always dressed. He was, you know, fit to be tied. I mean, you know, this article that I got this information from was written in 1970, but they actually made fun of him because he wore um, leisure suits. Well, what, what Back else when leisure suits were cool. What, what else would you wear if you want to be comfortable? Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying. But you know what? John DeLorean. Popping his butterfly collar. John DeLorean proves a valid point, though. Once you leave GM, your life tends to just go to hell. Drop like a rock. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he went from Chrysler to Packard to Studebaker to General Motors. So he kind of like took a bumpy hill up, got to the top. And, and skied straight on down <laughs> yeah. that snowy mountain. <laughs> Just a snowball effect to the bottom, baby, and then crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So, big, a big so, snowball. So it uh, it, it seems like the thing to do is not walk away from GM. I'm telling you, just think if he'd have stayed at GM. I tell you another interesting fact. Do you know the second gen Camaro that's so hot now? You know the split bumper Camaros. Yeah. You know everybody's got one. Every you think every Camaro is a split bumper, but you know the seventy through seventy three Camaros. Right. That's his design. Really. And the Vega. Which well, looks yeah. like a little baby Camaro. <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of flack about that. Actually, you know, with the pony car thing, that uh, they wanted to come out with a Pontiac Banshee. You know what? To compete with the Mustang. I just formed a theory in my head. What's that? Old Volvo wagons. The, like the 240? Yeah. But throwback older than that. Like that same body style, but go older. Like in the 70s and the 60s, they had really big round headlights. Smaller turn signals on the inside, big square grill. Mm-hmm. If you look at one dead Han, it looks like a split bumper Camaro. With him having links to Volvo, I wonder well, this is if a, the design of the, the split bumper Camaro. I, I got a conspiracy theory I, I for you. I got to look into that. I got a conspiracy theory for you. A lot of people think GM had a lot to do with him getting busted with the FBI, too. You know, I could see You got to think about that. GM they done did, some shady stuff back in the day. Yes, they did. And you got to think about it. He had the top job for a long time. And then, or yeah, I mean, he got the top seat. And then he's like, I'm out. Forget you guys. I'm done. I'm going to go try to make more money. And you know, Big Three, they have a real problem with anybody trying to build their own car here in Just, the U.S. Yeah, hey, well, you know, we making them here in the U.S., but he tried to sell them here. Yeah. Yeah. You see what they did to Preston Tucker. Yeah. So, I mean, and we need to talk about that. GM's done some really, really shady and questionable things, and they're not the only one. Uh, Ford Motor Company's just as guilty, too. Yeah. I mean, th- so. This see is... what they did to the guy with the intermittent wipers. <laughs> yeah. They made a movie about that man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It ends up becoming a movie after so long. Well, there's been several movies about old old stainless steel Sammy here, too. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have this week. I encourage each and every one of you to be safe throughout the storm. Uh, like I said, as we, right now we don't know where it's headed, but be safe and uh, be sure to tune in next week with us right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.